Thank you. You're listening to a special edition of the Well-Tempered Wireless in praise of classical women. And we'd be remiss if we let the show end without visiting with one of our favorite classical women, Detroit Symphony Associate Conductor Michelle Merrill. Michelle, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Chris. So, uh, we'll get into a number of topics, but uh, you've had a very interesting year. You've had an addition to your family. Yes, yeah, little Davis. He turns tw- he turns six months next week on the twenty fourth. So it's kind of amazing that it's already gone by that much. <laughs> well, that that's going to uh, some interesting uh, factors into your scheduling, isn't it? Oh yes, he's already taken I guess seven flights at this point. So he's becoming really? uh, very very comfortable with the flight attendants, and you know he flirts with everyone on board and is very smiley, and and then falls asleep immediately once the plane gets going. So we've been extremely lucky so far to have a good a good flying baby. And everyone asks us if he has his own Sky Miles number, but not not quite yet. I'm sure we'll get him one once <laughs> he starts having his own seat. But uh, it's been fun having him tag along for sure. And I, I've seen pictures, and he's adorable. I know everybody's supposed to say, "Oh." Be- most beautiful baby ever, <laughs> but he really is. A, he's a looker. Well, thank you. We we definitely think so. I think we're a little biased, <laughs> but thank well, you. of course. <laughs> and you got a new job. Yes, yeah, the Coastal Symphony of Georgia, which is up in Brunswick, uh, Georgia, and, and also right next to St. Simon's Island. And I start uh, next season, right in September, right in the middle of programming right now and getting ready for the new season. And it's really, really exciting. Like you didn't have enough to do. Exactly, exactly. So with that, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, and I'll still do some guest conducting and, and hopefully be back here. And uh, it's, it's been a great, like you said, it's been a great half a year so far, so I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Well, it's becoming less uh, startling to see a woman on a podium of a classical orchestra but uh, there's still room for improvement, I imagine you'd agree. Sure. Um, how did you decide in your musical career to be a conductor of all things? What what did you pass up or or change before you arrived at that decision? You know, I for a long time I wanted to be a teacher of music. I I had done an undergraduate degree in performance and music education, but I had always been interested in conducting. You know, I would skip recess. We had this this one competition where we called music memory in fourth grade and I used to pretend like I was conducting my classmates while we listened to you know the great music of Ravel and Beethoven and Handel and uh, and I would always just pretend like I was conducting I was always enamored with the orchestra and kind of how it worked but I thought oh I want to teach music because I loved my music educators and I wanted to pass that on and I did that for a little while while my husband was getting his master's degree and somebody somebody had to work <laughs> and uh, but I kept having this nagging feeling of just wanting to do um, conducting and be with a professional group. And so I went back to school for that, and there was no turning back. I knew that that was my life calling, if you will, to be um, in front of the orchestra and working with these great musical scores and trying to bring those to life. And, um, you know, it's a a fun job, but it's also an intense job of just trying to discover what the composer wants. And I think that's what I like most about it is there's always a challenge and you never know everything and so you can come back to a piece time and time again and it's like visiting with an old friend you learn something new every time. Now your husband Stephen is a principal percussionist with the Jacksonville Symphony which by the way will, will be what an hour's drive from your new gym. Yes yeah uh, that worked out very very serendipitous <laughs> for us for sure. But when, when you decided to go on this path he's a professional musician 
did he or anybody else try to talk you out of it? Oh, no, never. I've been so lucky in my life to have so many supportive people. My teachers never tried to talk. My my parents were always so supportive. And, of course, Steve was always continually to this day, you know, supporting me. I'm supporting him. Uh, it's a it's a difficult life for sure. You know, there's lots of early morning planes and uh, and long car rides and, and having to be apart. But we do a great job, I think, of always seeing each other at least every two weeks. And this year it's been even better because um, it just worked out where I can do a lot of my work. A conductor, a conductor's most of their work is happening at home, you know, 80 to 90 percent is just studying the, the score. So I've had the privilege of actually being with him in Jacksonville along with Davis and uh, kind of studying in my room and then being able to go to these different guest conducting places and back to Detroit with that. So it's been great. <laughs> Who were your role models? Oh, my goodness. Uh, definitely my band teacher in high school was fabulous, Rob Toops. He was very – somebody called him the other day. I was at a conductor's conference, and somebody knew my old band director and called him, if you thought Toscanini was bad, you should know Rob Toops. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was really funny, but he was. He was very intense, but he demanded a lot, and he demanded excellence and kind of wanted you to know if you – didn't think it was good enough, then it wasn't good enough. It wasn't just good enough to have somebody come up to you and say, oh, that was great. You needed to know within yourself that it was good. And uh, I had a good, uh, uh, I know Will Roberts, who was the principal bassoonist of the Dallas Symphony for a long time, and he always told me a story about when he was a student and everyone coming up to him and telling him how good it was and his teacher saying, well, yeah, it should have been good. It's supposed to be good. So never congratulate yourself for that. And I think those two things always kept me going and always striving to be better. But definitely those to my conducting teacher, Paul Phillips, who's at SMU, huge role model for me. I think he's one of the greatest musicians. My husband, he's so intelligent and sensitive uh, to to musical timings and, and feelings of things, and I think that I learn from him as much as anybody. Well, now you're a music director, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking uh, off air how uh, not only are you a music director, but you're going to an organization that will have a new concert hall in a few mm-hmm. years. Yes. So all kinds of exciting things going on. What What is it you're most anxious to do now that you're in charge? Well, sure. I, I One thing that I learned from Leonard Slatkin here is to always go in with about a, a list, you know, a list in your mind of things that you want to accomplish. And every time you accomplish one of those things, add something else to the list. And so with the, with the Coastal Symphony, I'm trying to work with them on coming up with what is our list if we want to do, because I've talked to them about growing, and they're so excited to be able to have this potential to grow, potential to have this new hall that's going to be coming in the next four to five years, and to expand the base, and to expand into newer music. We're going to do some newer music. We're going to do some um, uh, more warhorse pieces that they might not have done before. And so I think that's the most exciting thing for me is kind of getting a chance to call the shots in a way and to help lead an organization into the next, their next era of kind of growth and development and hopefully to get them in a better place than when I found them. My guest is Michelle Merrill for a few more months, associate conductor with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. And in uh, next season will be the music director in Brunswick, Georgia of the uh, Coastal Symphony Orchestra. So you'll have to get down there to see some of those concerts. Uh, Not in hurricane season, but anyway. (laughs) Things have changed somewhat and developed over the last uh, 10, 20 years or so. So it's not all that startling 
to see a woman on the podium, Joanne Folletta, for example, Marin Alsop, of course, and so many others who come here to Detroit as well. But uh, it seems, now I'm not a conductor, I've never conducted anything, but it's, orchestras have a tendency to test whoever's holding that stick, don't they? Oh, sure. And I think that is becoming, no matter what you are, you know, race, creed, religion, anything, it's, it's always about what are you presenting on the podium. And I think we all have this different physiological makeup. And for me, I try not to think about, oh, I'm a woman, not a man. I, I, I was so lucky to never have anybody really point that out to me. Um, I just wanted to go in and do the music to the best of my ability and with my physical physical nature and my gestures and see if I could convey what I thought was the the most appropriate sound. And I think just like soloists, we don't think we don't bat an eye if we see a female pianist or a female violinist. It's going to start becoming like that in the next 20, 30 years where there's going to be more and more women on the podium. I know there's so many more going into conducting in grad school now because they have seen people like Marin Alsop, Joanne Folletta coming through and growing up and they don't think anything about that conducting is not for them. So I think that's really great. Michelle Merrill, congratulations and best of luck to you. Thanks so much, Chris, and thanks for having me. Come back. I will.